Hello and welcome to the Dublin Arsenal podcast. I'm Jonathan Giles. Welcome to the show this evening. On the show this week, we'll be reviewing our 1-0 away success to Crystal Palace. We'll also be previewing our home Premier League fixture versus Fulham this coming Saturday at 3pm. And also we'll be talking transfer chat about the possible outgoings of Sambi Lekonga and Fowler and Balogun, which is moving ever closer with eight days to go before the transfer deadline day uh, window shuts. So sit back and enjoy the show. I'm joined this week on the show by my ever ever effort present, should I say. Um Eamon Donnelly, lifelong gooner. Um still looking for Devin Deirdre out there. If you're there, please say hello. <laughs> How are you, Eamon? <laughs> ah, evening, Jonathan. Evening, Eamon. One of my neighbours there just got a new Ford Capri there. I had a go of it. Ah, couldn't get to the pitch of it. Ah, but it's 75D Reg there with a deluxe <laughs> petrol cap there. <laughs> now I'm all right. I'm good. I'm good to go. And... Um, Effervescent and ever present. Um, there you go. You know, good to see you, Aim. Did you have something done with your teeth today, Pat? <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, unfortunately, so uh, had to get had to get four fillings done. And four fillings in one day. Where did you go? Apache Pizza, was it? <laughs> <laughs> You're supposed to go to a dentist. I like it. I like it. <laughs> four fillings, man. <laughs> I, I, I wish the dentist was like uh, Apache Pizza because at least at least after a half an hour it's free. <laughs> I hope you got it done in forty minutes, or you're really churning and like Domino's Pizza. <laughs> um, as you can tell, listeners and viewers, Eamon's on the beer Moretti already. Um, so welcome to the show. Good to have you, slats. Uh, good to have you on this weekend, and uh, Eamon. Um, yeah. Um, on this week's show, as we said, um, we start off as always with the review from our latest match, which was in the Premier League uh, on Monday night. There, um, one in away success to um, Crystal Palace, um, another hard fought win. But those type of one ins can win you league titles, and who knows, come the end of the season, you never know. Um, our only goal was by Martin Odegaard in the second half from a penalty. Uh, Eddie and Ketty, who got taken down by St. Johnson, um, I thought had a really good game, really lively Eddie on Monday night in the first half. Um, he, he had a good shot. Um, he skinned um, Wackham Anderson, the defender, and hit the far post. But he was unlucky not to go in. And then he tried a little dink over Sam Johnson, um, which he was unlucky as well that it didn't go in. But um, I thought he looked lively all game. And with Jesus out, he's taking his chance again like he did last season. Um, and I thought he played really well. Um, the ball in for him for that little dink by Declan Rice was superb. Todd Declan Rice had a great game as well. Um, uh, Thomas Parity and Martin Odegaard had good shots tipped over by um, St. Johnson in the second half. Um, I thought uh, for this Tommy Asiurek card, the, for, the force yellow being the, for wasting time, I think it was eight seconds, he said, on Sky Sports when they were um, going through it at the end of the match. But it was actually Havertz that caused most, which he wasted 11 seconds of the time. He should, he should have been the one to get the yellow, but sadly, Tommy Asu got it. And then the second yellow was ridiculous. Um, on Jordan Ayew, they said he talked his jersey. You could barely see it. It was more of a tap on his back, and he went down. I thought there was about, what, four or five red cards over the weekend in the Premier League and a lot of them were questionable. The McAllister one uh, in the Bournemouth game was ridiculous. I think they're um, looking into that to see can it be reduced to yellow. I think Tommy Yasser should be as well. Um, I suppose after the penalty and after the red card, lads, we knew it was going to be, you know, we knew Palace were going to come at us. Um, I think the only real know the chance really they had was Tyrick Mitchell at the end of the second half, but that just flew over. Um, it was a gutsy end of, end of the match for the last 20 odd minutes when Tommy Yusuf got sent off. Um, I thought we deserved a 1 0, you know, um, we've done enough to win the game. Look, it's two from two now, lads. Um, you can't ask for more after City winning against Newcastle as well. 
we're keeping the pressure on. Um, so look, two from two. Can't ask for more. Roy Hodgson has Crystal Palace playing well. I said to Eamon last week, it, it was a tough one to call this match. Shadows uh, Park, it's intimidating, you know. But we kept the crowd quiet for a lot of the match. Um, and I did say a tune in prediction, so one in. I'll take. Um, I'll come to you, Eamon. Um, a tough and hard fought one nil. Um, how did you see the match from your perspective? Well, first of all, it was a great win uh, under the circumstances and the added circumstances, and it was a great win because we played most of the game on our terms until the referee decided to change those terms. Um, and we controlled the game and Palace didn't really lay it love on us until we were down to 10 men and they barely laid it they might have got a couple of soft jabs in so from that point of view um, it was good I still think we're undercooked a little bit um, we're not we haven't clicked yet right uh, and I, I just hope just in the back of my mind I hope that we're not trying to overcomplicate things, right? Um, because to my mind, the Thomas Party at right back inversion thing doesn't work. It just doesn't work. I'll tell you why, because um, I mean, he did okay in that, but we lose so much from not having the Ben White Saka connection, right? Because Saka is now staying out on the touchline the whole time. So the ball is being played diagonally to him on the touchline, and then you're waiting for him to be a worldy every time he gets the ball. Whereas when Ben White was on that side, they actually used to take it in turns. Sometimes Ben White would go inside him. Sometimes Saka would go inside him. Ben White would go on the overlap. Thomas Partey doesn't have that, right? So um, that's something that I think we need to look at. I think we'd be better off with Ben uh, on the right-hand side, to be honest with you. Yeah. Um, I also think that um, we're still not getting the ball out to Martinelli quick enough. You know, we're, we're, we're getting the ball out to Saka, as I said, hugging the touchline. It's taken a long time to get over to Martinelli. Now, some of that, as I referenced last week, is down to the fact that Declan Royce isn't granted Saka, doesn't have a left foot, um, sorry, does have a left foot, not, but not the type one that Granit Saka had, you know, which was a bit of a wand. Um, so we've got to try and we've, we've got to try and find ways of getting the ball to Martinelli quicker. I mean, um, it, I just thought, I was, I was out for a cycle earlier and I was just thinking, if this Corden team had Santi Cazorla in the middle of the park, I, I, I bet me house on us winning the title because Santi Cazorla's big, big skill yeah. was getting the ball to people who could play quickly from tight situations, you know. But I'm, I'm, I'm sure all that will come. Um, Declan Rice, you're, you're right, Jonathan. Declan Rice had a brilliant game. Um, he's not Granit Xhaka. He's a different type of player. Um, but he gives you different things. But I'll tell you what I was really pleased about what Declan was. Um, when we were controlling the game, he was at a lot of heartbeat of that. Um, and as you say, the the, the, the pass to Nketia was a perceptive pass that many people say he doesn't have in his locker, you know. Um, but uh, he, he it, it was good imagination on that pass. He saw a picture, which yeah. I like. Um, but then when it went down to an Alamo scrap, he was everywhere. You know, he was everywhere, as were the team. So, as I said, we controlled the game this there's this phrase that I like, um, the, the low block. Um, we're going to have to get used to it. We really are because we've gone away to a team um, in their place and they've played with loads of guys between halfway in their own half and their box. And that's the reality of it. We're gonna, and, we're gonna have, and one thing that worries me about that is one day we'll come up against a team, a mediocre team, who decides not to do that. <laughs> you know, and all of a sudden we're conditioned to say, well, these are going to sit low, as they call it, and we're going to be able to pass and take 13 touches and pass. And one of these days, some some of the middle uh, ranking teams are going to say, do you know what? We're going to have a go at these. 
the way Villa did last season when we won that game for two. They had a real goal. And it reminds me, and as you know, uh, apart from uh, playing soccer all my life, I played GAA. It kind of reminds me of the, 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 the great Dublin team. And by the way, any listeners, if you're not a native Dubliner, first of all, hard luck. And second of all, we were the greatest team of all time. Um, but Dublin, Dublin played uh, a game constantly expecting to have to break teams down. But when they came up against Mayo, Mayo just went mad and had a go at them. And that provided Dublin with a different challenge. And I just think that um, in, in, in our context, we better not get sucked into this ex- expectation that every team is going to sit that low against us. Because it makes the game easy for you, you control it. One of these days, some team is going to come out and have a goal. So we better be able to adapt. Uh, I'm sure we will. And um, just at the last thing then, the, the sending off was a disgrace. It was an absolute disgrace. Um, one throw in took 44 seconds in the, in, in the first half. 44 seconds. Tomiyasu took eight. Right? So that was bad enough. Right? Ayu should have been not on the pitch because he pulled back, uh, deliberately pulled back Saka uh, on a professional foul where he was already on a yellow card. Right? He shouldn't have even been on the pitch. Right? But this is a typical now referees all get together and probably, you know, get into a seance somewhere in Lake Windermere or whatever before the season starts and they decide now we're going to show them who's boss and all that type of nonsense. Absolute nonsense. If you'd have seen the face on the referee, right, Vera Duckworth couldn't have pulled that face. <laughs> she couldn't have pulled that face. He was just dying to get somebody off the pitch. And I have to say, you know, okay, the red card is there for the law of the game. But leave aside the fact that you follow a team passionately like we do, and I'm sure supporters of other clubs do, just they didn't choose as wisely as we. But um, you you listen to that, right? You go pay your money every week. I guarantee you, football fans don't want to see 11 v 10. It's cheating the fan out of entertainment, right? And that is cheating supporters because football uh, supporters like to see the team win, of course, but there's much more satisfaction when you win 11 v 11. It's cheating supporters. Now, Granted, if somebody um, goes in high over the ball and blah, 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 and all of that, it's a red card, fine. But it can't be a red card for what Tommy Elsa did. I'm sorry. I had two friends in Manchester watching it, right? And straight away, they rang me. One of them said, Ken, he's giving them a second yellow. I know, it's so frustrating, Deirdre. You know, so, like, yeah, it was very frustrating. Um, but I have to say, uh, it pisses me off the little bits of stipulations and rules. McAllister's red card was rescinded, and rightly so, because anybody who's played the game at any level would see was he high? Yes. Was he late, like this show? Yes. <laughs> but what he did was he removed the force from the tackle at the last second because he knew he was late. He's, and he's not a dirty player, McAllister, as well. Yeah. Well, whether he is or he isn't. That, they, they said that about Ryan Shawcross. Be Jesus. I mean, he's yeah. speeded yeah. up going into Aaron Ramsey. Oh, he's not that type of player. Well, what type of player is he? Jack the yeah. Hackman Pitty. I mean, what yeah. I'm saying yeah. to you is that... You see, McAllister, yeah. McAllister knew he was high and knew he was late. But you can see, knowing that... It's just aiming. It's bad refereeing. It's bad refereeing. Well, VAR had a look at that, the McAllister one and 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 and, and confirmed it. I, 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 as soon as I saw it uh, on on the slam, I always said he's actually removed the force from that tackle. That's a yellow card, right? But Tommy Yasu, I'm not even sure the second one was a foul. Wasn't a foul because he was on the way down before he even went near him. Yeah, absolutely. But look, um, you've got to be satisfied. I'm not. Getting too, uh, yeah. too hard up with the keeper. Before we move on, Sir Ian, before I come to yourself, what did you make of Eddie and Ketia? Were you happy with his performance? I'll tell you about Eddie and Ketia. Yeah. First of all, he had, he had two golden chances, right? The first one he made completely for himself. 
with a brilliant turn and spin. And he's added that to his game. I've seen him do that a few times, right? Yeah. And he was unlucky that he was falling over as he hit it with his, his left foot and hit the post. The second one, I think he changed his mind. I think he changed his mind. I think he was going to go across the goalkeeper and then thought, I can't get across him. Adjusted his, adjusted his feet to just try and lift it. But because of, he left it too late to make that decision, he lifted it too high. Um, so, you know, I think, I think he, sh he should have scored the second one. But then he won us the penalty. He was lively. He was alert. He was aware. Uh, I like Eddie. Um, but I think his finishing... Um, I think there's more finishing in him than he's shown us so far this season. I think there are, you know... Um, but look, His intelligence um, for the penalty as well to run into that space was cold, wasn't it? You know, it was yeah. How many times have teams done that to us? You know, I mean, yeah. it was a needless penalty. The goalkeeper takes his hands back there. There's no yeah. penalty. You know, yeah. the goalkeeper was stupid. Right? But um, look, overall, You're man of the match, Eamon. Man of the match. Uh, tough one, yeah. Man of the match, tough one, yeah. Um, I, I'd probably, I'd probably say Declan Rice. You know. Yeah, I would have edged towards that myself, yeah. Yeah, he's good, yeah. He's, he's had a good side of two games in the Premier League for us, yeah. Um, yeah, he's a very confident lad, even in the post-match interview as well, yeah. Um, Ian, good to have you back on the show this season. Um, what did you make of Monday night's away win? Hard fought, well won? Yeah, it was a hard, a hard fought win, but um, I, I, again, I think it's, it, 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 it's a great win to have. Look, I mean, there's the old saying, 1-0 to the Arsenal. You know, uh, I I think it shows great character in, in the team to to be under the cosh the way they were, un, unfortunately. So, um, being down to ten men, look, I think that red card was was a bit of a joke as well. I agree with Eamon. Um, I think like that. I'm I'm all for this these new rules coming in, and okay, they're trying to take time by out about. I think that's a good thing, but I think they need to be looking at it in the right areas where. Like if you're gonna add all this time on at the end anyway, what's why is there a need to give yellow cards for time wasting? You're gonna add it on anyway. It's just a ridiculous kind of way to to be given yellow cards that, as we've seen, ends up causing like controversy where you get a second yellow for for something absolutely stupid, and then it's a red card. And then the problem with this, which is another thing, I think, if they're gonna be doing this. One of two things either has to happen. Stop giving a yellow card for time wasting because you're going to add the time on at the end. Or secondly, you have VAR, feckin' use it. Do you know that kind yeah. of way in the sense that, right, you can use VAR for a red card. You should be able to use VAR for a second yellow. That if you if they look at a second yellow and say, is that deemed a, a second yellow offence? Should this player be off? Or is the ref kind of being over dramatic about it and wanting to try to get this player off? And put it up to discussion because in that case, if that had been looked at VAR, I, I'd be very surprised if VAR turned around and said, you know what, that's def definitely deemed the second yellow. They'd say he was hardly touched. And the game moves on and it's not the hard game that it has to be. Do you know? Plus but, the suspension, Ian. Plus the suspension. Plus the suspension, exactly. Exactly as well. Like, um, I look, we were we were we were lucky that we had the strength in the side to to get through it, like if that that could have easily cost us points, but getting onto the game itself, I think they like we were controlling the game very much uh, with eleven players. I, I think we had to we had we had to come against a team that just wanted to put ten men behind the ball, and you kind of knew that was going to happen. Especially, look, it's never easy to play Crystal Palace anytime, but when you're playing them uh, on a Monday night, you know all the results that have happened. During the during the week, and you know what you have to do is probably a little bit of added pressure there as well. Partey being played at right back, I, 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 I get it, but I don't think it worked. Like, I mean, I always feel when Partey is put in a defensive role, like it takes away from our midfield. I just I don't think we have that kind of fluidity, um, and I, I think it takes Zach out of the game then at the same time. And I think Saka, like, it's unfortunate for Saka then because when you take Saka, you're you're losing two players from the one position that you're putting Partey in because you're losing Partey in the midfield, you're pushing Saka out, and 
you could see we were missing that bit of uh, attack up front. They don't get me wrong. I think Enketia did have a good a good game. He had his chances. I think there's one particular chance that I feel he could have done better. Maybe I'm being harsh. Is when Rice passed that ball into him. He shouldn't have really chipped it. I think he should have just took it first time. But look, again, I, I, I haven't haven't played football at like in any sort of high level. I'm, I'm just a fan. I'll be honest. I don't know necessarily if that's a chance that he could have done better. I feel he had time, but look, the the way I look at it is. I think whatever way you look at it is that it's a good win. It could get a show that they can be under the cosh and keep their heads. I think a lot of the time we've seen in the kind of closing games against Southampton and West Ham where we, we needed to just keep a slender win, keep a slender lead and get it to the end. And we just kind of started doing silly, silly business where we were taking one two pass too much or trying to go for a second goal when it's not needed so I think they're showing there that there's a little bit more of a backbone about them I think they have their heads together I do have to give credit to Arteta as well Um, I think the substitutions he made near the end made a lot of sense I think when the likes of like Jorginho came on and Zinchenko I think that gave like we managed to hold the ball a lot more. I felt it coming into like the last five six minutes. I think we just managed to just yeah. keep it calm, keep it relaxed. Don't need to be doing anything crazy. Keep the passes rolling, wind down the clock. And I think I have to give him credit for that because we were starting to give them chances until they came on. And I think as soon as they came on, the chances just were few and far between. But yeah, no. Look, I think run of the match. I kind of agree with your yourselves. I think Declan Rice. It's, think you could you could potentially have given it to Odegaard as well. Um I think Odegaard had a really good game as well. But I think Rice just for the passes, the running back, the commitment, I think he was outstanding. We are you so far um I, I've met I've asked um Amid is last week as well, uh Ian. Um in terms of our new new sign as I know Jorning Timber had a pretty decent start in the first mm. half against Forest, but sadly Danny injury early in the second half all but cut that that for well hopefully not all of the season but for a couple of months Henry few months Henry. Um yeah. were you happy with the performance of um Kai Havertz against uh Palace on Monday night? I think he gets a bad rep. Like I mean like he's he needs to try and find the position that he's comfortable in and like he's it it's it, it they're all like I think Eamon kind of kind of mentioned it. We none of none of the players have gelled yet. It's hard to kind of pick on Havertz being oh this is the one player that's causing uh, the the team not to gel. It's gonna take time. Do you know he's in a he's in a different system than he would have been in Chelsea, and it the way I look at it is like you have to take it game by game. Do you know, you don't, you can't be looking too far into, oh, how's he going to do in the likes of against City or Man United or whatever. You just take it game by game. I think I, I've learned that lesson from last season. You can't, <laughs> think, you, you can't, you can't be thinking too far ahead. Right. You have to just deal, deal with what's in front of you. And I think, in fairness, we've two wins out of two. I think he has dealt with what's in front of him. Where do you I, see me? Where do you see his ideal position for Arsenal? Do you, do you think it's a striker or in behind? I play him more or less like, like, play him into where Partey was even. You know, like on the Monday night, if he if he has to be, no move Partey. Like Havertz is good at being that kind of defensive midfielder. I think Partey, like Partey, is good at just having him in the middle, being able to ping balls. Maybe I'm wrong, but I definitely don't think Havertz should be anywhere near up front. Like, I don't think that's his, his position to play. It's like more into the middle or into the defensive, I feel. But look, we've only seen two games of him. It's really hard to make a decision where he's going to be. Yeah. But I think, like, it's hard to, it's hard, it's hard to say. But going, look, going off the last two games, he does look to be a little bit out of his depth in the position that he's in. But I don't know. Like, it, we'll have to see. I think a, a, a big test of where we are would be against Man United in two weeks' time. I think yeah. like that will see right where's the where's the click? Where's the, where's their gaps? What's not working? Do you know? Um hopefully yeah. there's, there's there's more that goes in our favour than that doesn't. But 
I think, look, Havertz, like, any time you check any sort of thing to do with Arsenal or any kind of thing, he's always getting a bad rep. And I, I, I feel sorry for him because he is trying to to do the right thing and he is trying to to, to show what he can what he can do. But, like, I, it's not a lot you can do when, like, on an example from Monday night, I'm going to use that as an example. If you're playing a team that's playing 10 men at the back, what is he supposed to do? Do you know what I mean? It's very, very, you're very limited to the options you can do. Do you know, you're not going to be able to run rings around 10 defenders. It's just not going to happen. Like, do you know, mm-hmm. so like he hasn't really got the game yet that he's been given the room to do something, do you know? But yeah. look, we'll, we'll wait and see what happens. Yeah. Um, that, Jonathan? Yeah, go ahead, Damon. Yeah. yeah, you see, I don't know where all this bad rep for Havertz is coming on. That's more this noise that I tend to ignore. Because it's people with their opinions. And as I said before on this show, opinions are like arseholes. Everybody has one, right? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> you know, so, and that's grand. But I don't let them influence my life in terms of... So what do we want Kai Havertz to be? First of all, he's a first choice inside forward for the German national team. But let's just think about that for a second. Mm. First choice. So playing him as a... Thomas Partey, full-back or defensive midfielder, simply, that's not his game. I can tell you that straight away. He's no more defensive midfielder than I am a hippie, right? That's the first thing. The second thing um, is, what do people expect? There's a clamour for new signings. You sign players, it's going to take a while for it to work, folks. And if you can scratch around and get your three points, well, it hasn't quite worked. And you get 10 games in and it starts working. Well, Havertz, what he does do is he gives you an option late in the game to play up front if you need that because he's a tall boy and is not bad in and around the box. But I think what's, I think the point Dan made is very good. What do you expect him to do when you're faced against, you know? But I'll tell you what I expected him to do, Ian. I expect him to move about off the ball. I expect him to try and uh, open up gaps. I expect his movement to be intelligent. He's an intelligent boy. And that's exactly what he did. He barely gave the ball away and he moved into spaces that opened up spaces for others. That's what he did. I actually thought Kai Havertz was good the other night, right? But because of this Royal Rovers expectation that you spend a few bob in a player and he should be bursting the net and dribbling past fellas, not. That's not the game. No. That's not the game. I'll tell you what now. If that was the game, there'd be no, as they call it, low block. We'd all just set up 4-4-2 far, far and have a go at each other. But the game doesn't work like that. Right? So when you're faced with that kind of massed defence, you're relying on guys to be constantly moving, that when they get the ball, it mightn't look anything, but that they hold it, move it on. Hold it, move it on. Keep possession of the ball. Keep moving it around. Till eventually the opposition are scourged and somebody loses concentration and there's a gap. So from that point of view, I think he did okay. On the Inketia chance, the one that you said, um, the chip, that's the one I was talking about. See, I think what happened there was that his instinct was to strike it. And then maybe at kind of at the last second, split second, kind of said, mm-hmm. if I strike it, it's gonna be blocked down. And I think he changed his mind. <laughs> and, and yeah, you know, yeah. they say they say if a goalkeeper's gone down, lift it over them. But I think because he made his decision a split second late, yeah, he, yeah. he kind of tried to do too much with it, you know? Yeah, he's, a, yeah. he's, a, he's a game boy, Eddie. I like him, you know. And um uh, I, th- I thought he was I thought he was I thought he was our lively. He was the most likely to make something happen the other night, and ultimately he got the penalty, you know. So yeah, I thought, I thought any time, as I said at the start, any time he's got his chance when Jesus got injured like last season, he, he wants to he wants to make a difference, you know, he wants to show Arteta I'm ready to fill his boots, you know. Um, but yeah, look, I, I think he's just been unlucky, you know. Um, there is goals in Eddie, you know, it's just, as, it's just not consistency is key, you know, scoring in, in every game. But look, that's not a come. He's still, he's still only young, you know. And he still only he still only got his chance really over the last season or two, and there is there is a bright future ahead of him. Um, yeah, so that leaves us toward in the table, lads, um, with six points. Uh, Brighton, 
who have had a really good start are up there as well and City as well. Um, I think we we'll take I'd be happy enough with ten points from four games or opening four games. Um, we move on to um the preview of the game this coming weekend. Let's uh, against Fulham at home, back at home, um three o'clock. <clears throat> Set on Premier Sports. Thought this would have been um on the, on the telly, but certainly not. Um, so it's match of the day at ten thirty. Or if, if any of you are lucky enough to go over to it. Um, last season ended two one. Um, Gabriel got the uh, the late winner there. Um, there without Alexander Mitrovic. He was gone over to Saudi Arabia. A lot of them seem to be heading that way. Um, money grabber. Uh, 14 Premier League goals last season. For Fulham, he'll be a big loss. He's a, he's a hindrance to defenders as well. He's a nine. He's one of those type of strikers that likes to throw himself about, you know, against defenders. And um, I think they will miss him, Fulham. They won their first game against Everton away. It wasn't 1-0. And lost 3-0 there at the weekend against uh, Brantford, who've done really well. Without Ivan Tony there, um, a couple of old Gooners will be facing Bernd Leno, of course, our ex goalie and William. Um, some players I know that have wrote down that's um, Bobby de Cordova Reed is one to look out for, Royal Jimenez, who played for Wolves but hasn't really hit the heights of the after his opening couple of seasons, but uh, Wolves, but danger man nonetheless, Anthony Robinson, who's a fullback. He was got a lot of pace and kind of has impressed me as well. And Pelinha, the Portuguese lad in the midfield that can make things happen. Um, again, uh, it is aiming aiming for eighty points out when we get to the previews at these games. It's hard to call, you know. It's hard to call a result, you know. You, you obviously want a home win, and you can only see, you know, two 0 home win would do me like last season two one. Um, it's going to be tough. Eamon, how do you see the game going on Saturday? Well, I remember Brian Kerr um, being asked two questions when he was the Ireland manager. <laughs> um, we were playing Cyprus, I think, and they said, um, uh, well, Brian, uh, you've played um, so-and-so up front. Uh, is that a surprise? Well, it's not a surprise to me because I picked the team. Right? <laughs> and then they went, how do you think the game is going to go? And he said, well, if I knew that, I wouldn't even have to get the Nasa tag out. We just write it down. You know? <laughs> so, like, you know, you can't like. It's the, typical. The rules, are, the rules are very simple here. If we're at it and we don't get really bad luck against us, we win that game. We're better than them, right? I was at the corresponding game last year, which for all Arsenal anoraks, um, I travelled up from Brighton because I was at a mod festival. I got the train up. It was on the very, very same weekend um, as this one. Um, so, and then they actually gave us a bit of trouble that day. They scored first. And what they did was they sat deep um, for a while. And then when they'd snuffed us out, they gave it a go and they caused us problems. And we we got back into that game. Um, I think Odegaard got a deflected kind of loopy, yeah, yeah. loopy. And then Gabriel got a a waxy goal uh, near the end and but they caused the trouble that day but look the rule of thumb here is you win most of those games unless something conspires against you and you don't get the look so we should be beating Fulham at home and that's not kind of being complacent or anything like that but we've got to be beating Fulham at home you know so I would expect that we would um, but again as I referenced Paul Gascoigne on this show before, I don't make predictions and I never will, you know. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's, it's tough to call him. But yeah, 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 you'd, you'd assume we'd, we'd win at home, yeah. Um, Ian, uh, this is going to be, you know, every game, I suppose, you know, you, you have to take each game as it comes and on its merits. Um, how do you see the game at home against Fulham Saturday going yourself? Um, yeah, look, I... I I think it's probably going to be quite a similar game to Monday. Um, I think Fulham are going to obviously see that, that caused us a lot of trouble, and I feel that they're going to set up quite similar enough. I think Arsenal. I think we just need to be we need to be wise because I think we're going to see plenty more of this ridiculous yellow card shenanigans. 
in most games, I think we're gonna like they're gonna they're gonna target players. I feel all all, all teams. I'm not even just saying ourselves and that, but I think we're just gonna have to be very quick when it comes to throw-ins and just not have any sort of ways to try pick up these yellow cards because the thing about it is is it's all right you say okay you know you pick up a yellow or whatever but it's when you have those yellows we've seen with Tommy Asu players will dive they will dive they will try and make it their mission to get that player sent off and we don't want it to get into that kind of game where like I feel hopefully look in an ideal situation we score early on we score in the first 10-15 minutes Fulham have to then come out and attack us and hopefully we close the game out early and we have a nice easy easy going game that's that's what you want. Football is football. It doesn't always, doesn't always go that way. Just at the end of the day, win the game. It doesn't matter how you win it. If it goes off your backside, your head, it doesn't matter what way it goes in. Uh, once you win the game, I suppose that's the most important. I definitely think do not start Partey uh, in right back again. Um, he has to be in the midfield. Other than that, I don't think I'd change much in the starting eleven. Um, just to move him away from that position that he was in. But no, look, I think I'm not really going to make a score prediction. I think we, if everything goes right, we win it comfortably. If we get unlucky like we did on Monday with the refs and decisions going against us, it could be a tight, like, iffy game. But look, we'll have to see what comes. But you just take each thing as it comes, I suppose. There's not really much you can say else other than that. But... I do fancy us to win. We are better than them, as Eamon said. There's no excuse not to be getting three points there um, if we if we're doing everything correctly. Do you know? So. Yeah, it's yeah, been. Uh, I sorry, think as well, sorry, that's before uh, bringing in sorry, Eamon. I think the first three games that we've had, Forest, Palace, and Fulham, it's been a nice three games just to <clears throat> settle yourself into the season, you know, and to get three from three. I think as Arsenal fans, with the injury to Jesus. And obviously Timber now as well. I think we'd all be happy just to get three from three, wouldn't we? You know, out down three games. Absolutely. Look at yeah. look, every three points in a Premier League game is precious. Like every three points. Yeah. But what I'd said the, the the point I was going to make there. Sorry, yeah, for trying. Yeah, to go ahead. Across, yeah. yeah, I didn't realize you were coming in. But was um was that this could be one of these games where imagine if Fulham were to say, Do you know what, we'll go mad. We'll come out and attack this. The question I was raising earlier, we're so used to playing teams that just sit deep. Would we be ready for that? That's the point, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and yeah. We're, we're going to have to put up with a little bit of that. But I think we've better footballers than they have. And if you've better footballers than the opposition, most of the time you win. I think what kind of games that, as you said, dear name, that's a, it's a good point. A couple of games that season that caught us out, like that was... Bournemouth at home and they scored after the first few seconds and Southampton, you know, we expected them to come out and defend. Southampton gave it a real go against us. Yeah. Southampton never sat deep that night at all, you know. Um, but look, um, no, the, the rule of thumb is we've better players than they have. We've better players than nearly the entire division, you know. Yeah. So you're going to be expecting to win most games, um, but things can go wrong, you know. So, um Look, let's see how it goes. Yeah, it's a good game, three o'clock on Saturday. We don't get many of them at three o'clock. I just want to mention also that um, I thought um, Aaron Ramsdale impressed me the other night um, on the basis that here's a fella now knows he has a shadow, right? And rather than kind of get weak at the knees, he looked calm and assured. And I was pleased with the boy, you know? Yeah, it's nice for him to get a clean sheet as well. Yeah, the other night, yeah, solid. And looking at Raya in the training sessions of last week on the Arsenal player and in the warm-up Monday, he, he he's itching to get in as well and he, he's going to make sure that he's going to be pushing Ramsdale every match day, you know, to be... Yeah, but, the, but and that's the point. The point I'm making yeah. is that could have had he, an effect on Ramsdale where he might have got jittery, but he looked anything but jittery the other night. That was the point, you know? It's, it's a, To be honest, you know, I know we've mentioned this last week, it's a strange sign to have two number ones there. Well, you, wonder, you wonder what the thinking is there. You know, one of them has to go. 
you know, by the end of the season because no one's you can't have two number ones sitting on the bench to, just to be happy. You know, do you agree with that? You know, can you see? I, I, to be honest, like I no, like I disagree with that, and I'll tell you why. Like I mean, look at look at it realistically. What do you want? You want your players to be fighting for their positions. If if it's the if it's the type of case where you you start doing that, players are gonna get players being complacent. Then they're gonna be like, oh well, look, there's no one there behind me. Like if I have a bad game, there's no one there to replace me. I'd rather have two or three players there that can replace someone. That they know going into that game, you need to bring your A, a game or someone else is going to replace you because that's where you bring an inner strength in a player and bring out the best of them because they know that they have to come and have no complacency, go in there and play the best game that they can play. That's where that's why City are so good. City's, it's, City can have, have, if a City player has a bad performance, they can swap them out for somebody else who's going to play just as good. And that's that's what we need. Do you know what I mean? We're, we're, we're crying out uh, for for squad depth and having that. Like, I'd rather have a number one player in it. Like, Three number one players in every position. Do you know? I liked Arteta's comment on Friday, Ian, as well in the press post. You know, in the build up to the game on um, Monday, he says there is no number one. You know, where he gave the hint to the players, you'll be fighting for your position every week. You know, and yeah, it's a refreshing to hear that from a manager. You know, so, that, but, but listen, we had Szczesny and Fabianski at the same time, both of whom were Polish international goalkeepers. I'm fighting the Polish jersey. We had Petr Cech and Ospina at the same time. You know, so like, mm. well, there's no reason why um, just because it's goalkeeper that your place should be safe. Do you know, if yeah. Ben White's place isn't safe, Ben White, who was the best attitude I've seen in a long time in a footballer, right? Um, and Declan Rice is in the same bracket in terms of attitude, right? Um, ben White's place is not safe. He has to go and earn it. What's wrong with that? You know? Yeah, it's 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 healthy. You know, it's healthy for a competitive squad. Yeah. Um, we move on to some. The saying goes, sorry, John, the court cross you there. The saying goes, you play for the badge, not the name in the back of the jersey. Do you know? Like, so it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter who who you have there. If they if they're willing to to put the work in and they're doing all the right things, doesn't matter who you have on the pitch. Yeah, you, you, yeah, it's, it's you, 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 you earn it, don't you? You earn to wear the jersey, yeah, yeah, and no, yeah. Look, it's it's great that we have two players for nearly every position now. You know, we've a strong bench now at last as well. I heard you were the number three, Jonathan. <laughs> yeah, I, I, let's see scouts out that day aiming in the Emirates Stadium. <laughs> yeah, I'll tell you what, you've experienced it better than no. <laughs> You've, you've, got, you've got home game experience, Jonathan. You know? <laughs> yeah, I, I smelled the Emirates Torf. I knew there was a place for me. <laughs> out, out, out of the ground. <laughs> well away from <laughs> yeah, He's the only fella ever to let in a goal when the goals were actually smaller than him. <laughs> <laughs> and that, this is why Amy will never feature on the show like this again. <laughs> He knows how to bring down the tone of the show as just as it was going well. <laughs> Every cloud is a silver line. Okay, um, every silver line has a cloud. Huh? I have to say, um, Eamon, no more Bermoretti before or after this show. Well, I think, that, I, think, I, I think you'll find that the night before that tournament um, that we've referenced at the Emirates Stadium, uh, I went to bed um, at a reasonable hour. But I think... Um, some of the kind of nocturnal activities of the rest of the team uh, weren't, weren't as committed to the cause, Jonathan. Now, I know you probably got swept along in a wave of enthusiasm and all of that, but um, your preparation wasn't great for that tournament, as I recall. <laughs> <laughs> preparation H. <laughs> Look, we, we featured, and that's all I say. Um, no, yeah, we look, we didn't get the call up that we wanted, but look, we were spotted <laughs> for good or bad. Um, yeah, we move on to some transfer chat. Um, reading there um, this week, Albert Sambi Lukonga could be a possibility for Brighton. It's come out now because they missed out on a target that they were looking at. And Thunder and Balogun Monaco are, have been in for him now the last couple of weeks. Um, yourself, Eamon, 
to see that, that those two leaving, well, there's only eight days to go now, so we really need to speed it up, don't we? Well, no. Um, we need to let them go within eight days. <laughs> well, I'm not being funny. Like, <laughs> you know, that, like, Another it's group. all about your negotiating position, yeah. you know? Um, are we desperate to sell Sambi and Conga? You probably are. Um, Brighton know that. They know that if we look for, we I think we paid something like what seventy eight million from or something like that. We might look for something similar back, and they might say, "Well, we give you twelve and all of that." So that might go to the wire, um, but he's gonna go. Uh, and as for Balogun, um, we hold the key to that negotiation at the moment. But that's one of the ones that the closer it comes to the dead clubs know we need money. We need money in, you know. Yeah. I mean, and they know that he's somebody that we see the best chunk of fifty million coming in for. So they're going to try and beat us down. Um, Monaco don't have fifty million, you know. Um, I don't think so. What's that? Can you see Karen Turney leaving, or do you think he'd stay with yeah, the? Yeah, Karen Turney won't be there. It's gone. Yeah. He's sad, Lars. Yeah, I like him as yeah. Oh, well, we covered that last week. He's a, he's yeah. a great lad, great attitude. We'll be now. We'll be. a name and Dan Lee in that position. <laughs> Hard as nails. <laughs> you know, Turney will be remembered very, very, very fondly by all Arsenal fans, yeah. with very few exceptions, because of his commitment and his attitude and his ability. It just doesn't fit what we're trying to do at the minute. And if we can pull the 30 million that we paid from back, that's what's going to happen. You know, he won't be there. Tierney won't be there. Um, Balogun won't be there. Sambi the Congo won't be there. Yeah. Ian, who, who do you think yourself re- realistically won't be there come eight days' time? Who do you... Yeah, pretty much, pretty much agree with all the players Amos mentioned. And um, I think. We have to kind of get rid of Tierney and get the money for him. I think we're not going to get the 50 million that we're looking for Balogun. I don't think we're going to get that. I think we're probably going to have to settle somewhere somewhere in the middle, probably around 40, 45 million. Um, but look, if you can get that along with, if we can get out of all the players mentioned, I think if we can get 60, 70 million combined and maybe go for the likes of Cadius uh, from Ajax, possibly as a, a, I don't know, I'm just throwing names out there now of what's been linked, who have I heard as some type of link, but then again, we could be clever about it and not do panic boys, which we always do, keep the money and see in January does something else come along. But I think, yeah, like I think those, those are the players I, as I mentioned, I agree we'll be gone. Hang on a second, Ian. You, you just said something there. Panic buy like we always do. When was the last time we did a panic buy? It's been a while now, to be fair. Like, I mean, in the last two seasons, we've stopped it. But, but, but up, the current regime hasn't panic buy anybody. No, and I agree. I agree. And I don't mean... <laughs> No, he's, he's doing so well, Avon, and then he has to do that at the end of the show. Well, I mean, hold on, if you're going to come on this show and make glib comments about panic buying, <laughs> like we always do, no, we've stopped all that. We brought the house down to the ground. Yeah. And oh, no, like, I don't mean, like, to allow me to, be, to defend myself, like, I don't mean, I don't mean <laughs> now, like, I don't, like, like I'm saying, as what we as what we used to do. Like, like since Arteta's come in, that's that's really all kind of gone. Do you know, um, he, he's really put any player Arteta's signed to give credit to him, as I always have on, a, on any show that I speak about him. That I think he he's brought in all the all the players he's brought in has brought something to the team. I I, th- I think there's very few players. I can't even probably mention one that he's brought in that hasn't really worked. It's not been the longest one. There you go. But you see, we bought him in at a reasonable price in, and yeah. he hasn't lost his value because everybody knows that there's a footballer mm. in there, you know. Yeah. So we 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 get what we should have. Nuno Tavares is another. We didn't pay big money for him. 
everybody knows he's mad as a March hair, but there's a footballer in him. So we'll get the money back on him. He'll be gone as well, right? So, like, um, I'm just saying, like, the, the, but there's this, I, I don't like this kind of um, panic boy like we always do, or we mm. always wait the last minute, or we don't, we never pay up the money, and we are. That's, like, again, you know, what's happened at this club has been transitional. Yeah, I, I would agree. Over the last few years, in that, a manager came to us when we were 16th place in the table. He'd never managed another team before, right? We had a fella who was, you know, up there with the, the Spanish version of the Sopranos mm-hmm. as a kind of a, a director of football. Checkbook Charlie with his contact book. That's how he ended up paying 72 million for Pepe, which we still haven't paid for, by the way. Right. He's, back training. he's back training with the first team apparently as well. He's he's like, that's a train with somebody. I mean, I heard Don Bosco were looking for him to come over and play in a couple of exhibition games. Like, you know, he's he's toast, right? But the point I'm yeah. making is that the club had to move on from that. And Arteta and Edu took some flack when it looked as if we weren't going forward. It looked as if we weren't signing this body, that body, the other body. They burned the house to the ground. Right, but the decisions they've made in the transfer market, I think, have been mostly vindicated. You're not going to get everything right. Even Brian Clough got things wrong, you know. But I think that um, those days of us kind of um, buying the and I understand the point about panic buying, such as what was his name, Lucas up front, the Spanish lad, Lucas Perez. Lucas Perez and uh, oh, the great defender, Beckham, it wasn't Beckenbauer, the German lad, <laughs> the German lad, what was his name, Mustafi. <laughs> yeah. Do you know, so, like, when we paid to He definitely wasn't a Beckenbauer. <laughs> I, was being, I was being slightly, um, it's called irony, Jonathan. And 16 million for uh, Lucas Perez in the same day. Right, yeah. that's panic point. Yeah, you know. Yeah, you know, you you made a good point. Ian. I think the day them days are gone. They're measured yeah. signings now. They're measured, you know, you know, they're measured signings in terms of where where they will fit into the, to the Arsenal way of playing. You know, and you can see mm. that. You know, um, and I think as well, a lot of goods has to be given. I've said this last season as well. A lot of goods has to be given to Arteta the way he got rid of Aubameyang that time. You know. Uh, and you know, like he, he, he was only in the in the door at Arsenal, Arteta. You know, and you have to give it to him. You know, he's not afraid to make those decisions if you're not fitting in to the Arsenal way off with you. You know, and I think that's what like Arsenal fans like about him. You know, he's got he's got balls. You know, and he he's got he's Arsenal through and through, Arteta. You know, you can see that. You know, it is still uh, Jonathan. Like I, 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 Evans calling me out here now on uh, about panic buying. Uh, I feel like we need to call you out here where you said he's not a big name manager before. Well, he still has a lot to prove, you know. <laughs> you, you can't build the man up too much because there's still a lot, long way to go in his managerial career, but he's on the right path, <laughs> you know. <laughs> would, you, would, you, would, you, would you agree he's showing the signs of being a big name manager now, like uh, with the signings he's If he'd won the league last season, I would have said it, but this season it's all up to him now to show what he's got. Like, like in fairness, lads, we'll all both agree, and like everyone on the group, he's been given the money, hasn't he? You know, like the, the board have backed him of who he wants, and they've given him that, you know. Yeah, but the, look, money, you know, like, it is money, money, now, money, you know, money, but money means jack shit, to be honest. Like, I mean, look at Chelsea, Chelsea has spent almost it, it, does, it does, Ian, but it, it mean you know, you still need that money to buy the players you want. You know, and it is an overhyped market, but they have like the Declan Rice signing definitely is a signing of intent that we're there to stay now up in the top, you know, and that's yeah, no, I suppose, but what like I mean, when we say he's been given money, yeah, like but like it doesn't matter, like it, it comes into the way you're playing football. Okay, look, we yeah, want well, to, just, you know, yeah, everyone wants to win trophies, all right. That that's exactly what you want as a fan. You want to see your team playing trophies, uh, winning trophies, but at the same time. I'd rather us win, like play football the right way, play good football, enjoyable football to watch, 
the trophies will come. I'd rather do it playing the right way of football than just be like trying to grind your way through it. Because again, you want to have something that's going to last over years. If you're just trying to claw your way through it, it, it there's no stability there, I, I feel. And I think that's why Arsenal's style of football has lasted so long over the years. It's because they've kept on just improving on it and working on it. See, I think you're right, Ian. But look, you've, you've got to look at it this way. In, the, in fairness, they gave him the money um, point that you made, Jonathan. Why did they give him the money? Because they believe mm. they have a coach and a sporting director that can continue to take us forward. That's why they gave him the money. These yeah. boys are investors. These are not two moves you get down and done stars like as you're looking for the, as you're looking for a few new details. These guys are sports company investors. Yeah. The reason why they're giving them the money is he had to do it without money at first. But how long will they wait, Eamon? Are they willing to wait? You know. How the hell would I know? <laughs> well, you're the key pundit here. <laughs> no, you, no, the point you know, of I, is, I want your opinion. Well, I mean, they were very patient with Arsene Wenger, so I don't. They're, they're not hatchet men, but I tell you what they are. They've turned the club around. They've started listening to people. They've turned the club around, yeah, and they backed it up with the money. But we're still not. Um, we're, 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 st- we're still not throwing stupid money around. I mean, how? And let's not get into the, the, the debates about other clubs because I mean I think we've we, we we've talked around it, but yeah, how Chelsea aren't financial fair play I mean, is, is just I mean Newcastle have been cited on financial fair play, and they've only spent a quarter of what Chelsea, yeah. you know, but we we've done it, but we do need to people need to understand, you know, we need we still need to pay for Pepe, which was a five year payment deal. Um, and all of that type of stuff. Uh, I don't think we'll sign anybody else before the window closes. Um, I think we've done our spending. I think it's all about um, getting yeah, a, a bit of recruitment back. And if uh, if the season was going a particular way in January, um, maybe look at what you might need at that time. You know, so that's the way. That's the way I see it. You know. Yeah, next week. Uh, our show will be next Tuesday. Sorry. There's one player I think we will sign. Can't can't pronounce his name, but there's some Brazilian lad is meant to be. Oh, Rubens. that's uh, yeah, um, from Romania. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I'd yeah. say he might come in, but that'd be about it. Yeah, but he's a, he's only he's only eight million quid, like in terms of mm. Remio, and yeah, that's that's where he's signing from. Yeah, yeah. Um. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, think, I think that deal is probably done in. You know. I think so. Yeah. Um, yeah, look, any more signings will be a big help to the squad, yeah, and uh, hopefully we get a bit more business done before the uh, <coughs> transfer window next week. Uh, as our show is next Tuesday, we hope to bring you um, news of any more outgoings from um, Arsenal. It seems to be going to be a lot more outgoings and probably incomings at this stage. Um, been a good show so far, lads. Um, is there anything else you like mentioned about the Arsenal Supporters Club, Eamon, or anything? Oh, no, um, just... Um... You were talking earlier on about uh, it's not on Premier the game on, on on Saturday, but it is on the River Bar. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's what I like. Oh, yeah. <laughs> there you go. Um, Eamon's buying the drink Saturday. Well, no, I'm not. I'm actually going to an Arsenal-related wedding on Sunday. So. Oh, there we go. Even better. Johnny Google. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, good now, he's not getting married. His son is, though. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that should be a good day out. Um, enjoy that one, Eamon. Um, yeah. Ian, would you like anything mentioned yourself? Anything? Uh, nothing, nothing to mention really at all. Um, I was going to mention to yourself, but if it's on in the club, you're you're laughing. Um, that um, I can send a, uh, some links into the to the WhatsApp group of different uh, channels at the match with Pion. Because I get sent it every week because I have yeah. um the box at home that has all the different channels that's on it. Um, but now, other, other than that, I think we just played plenty of football to look forward to, and hopefully, Arsenal win. Yeah, it's a good That's way it. to end the show, I think. Here to the Arsenal. Um, 
as always, you can catch our show on the Dublin Arsenal YouTube channel. Thanks to Martin for editing and putting it up every week. Uh, Spotify, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok and Facebook as always. You can catch all there. Uh, check out our sister show Beyond the Last Man which will be up and running when the women's game gets going in a couple of weeks time. Uh, also hosted by Martin. Uh, check out our sponsor Balance Sports Direct and Luke and Housekeeping Services. Check out our friends at JustArsenal.com uh, Thanks very much Pat McLaughlin for mentioning this week in week out. Much appreciated. And also check out our official supporters bar in Dublin, the River Bar. Thanks for them for having us throughout the season. Um, thanks to my guests this week, Eamon Donnelly and Ian Gunry. Really good show. Thanks for joining me, lads. We'll be oh, back well, next well. Tuesday. Thanks, so, Jonathan. Game Saturday. I, I and have a good week, lads. Thanks for listening. Cheers, lads. Bye. Bye.